Rise and shine. It's butt whipping time. It's time for the Morning Blitz with Ross Volkmer. That broadcast school has really paid off. Talking everything sports from the preps. Parker Christensen, two fists in the air as Golden Plains defeats the one seed and sixth ranked Wheatland Grinnell Lady Thunderhawks. To the pros. Runs the option, left side. Russell's got his hole. 10 5. Touchdown, Denver. The Blitz is presented by the Insurance Agency, Equity Bank of Hoxie, Quinter, and Grinnell, the Cowboy Corner Express, and the Farmer State Bank in Oakley. Stop what you're doing and listen. Captain formation. Held high snap. Hoxie's right on. Flush from the pocket. On the hash. Running to the numbers. Running to the near side. The five goes in the end zone. Caught in the corner on the run. Diggs. Touchdown, Buffalo. Garrett Wilson. Whoa! It's amazing. There is no way. He amazing. Ferguson the snap. Martin will hold it for punter. High snap. Ball put down. Kick is away. And the kick is hits the upright and bounced in. Hit the upright and bounced into tie. Sam Martin corrals the snap. It's a short punt. Gibson on the return. Near side. I don't see any flags. Gibson inside the 30. Hits the Jets. And he's gonna go! Just win it! Touchdown, rookie Xavier Gibson! Game over! My goodness, what did we witness last night on Monday Night Football? It's still hard to put into words. Uh, Good Tuesday morning, everybody. Welcome inside the Morning Blitz on 1025 UROC, AM 730, Fox Sports Tri-State. Online, nwksradio.net, and of course, the Rocking MF. Thank you for tuning in on this September 12th, no matter which way you are doing so. If you want to be a part of the program, as always, hit us up on our text line, the number 785-899-222-2, number be part of the Morning Blitz today. My goodness, what did we witness last night on Monday Night Football? That was absolutely bonkers. Absolutely bonkers. We will talk on that here in just a matter of moments. We will also get to some thoughts from week one of the NFL in our first segment. Uh, We'll be visiting with our friend Nick Birch from MileHighReport.com, getting his thoughts on the Denver Broncos' one-point loss to the Vegas Raiders on Sunday, and also look ahead to uh, the coming weeks for the Denver Broncos with, once again, Nick Birch of Mile High Report. He's our guest on this Tuesday. Uh, We'll also hit up on some local sports from yesterday. Uh, I know there's a couple of area teams Uh, playing volleyball, including Goodland Cowgirls, who split last night. They lost in straight sets to Norton, who's a really good team this year, uh, but were able to beat McCook and Nebraska in three. Uh, And so they go one and one, sit at four and three on the year. Uh, I know Rollins County hosted a triangular as well. Wheatland Grinnell went two and oh at that. Rollins County one and one, Triplanes Brewster 0 and two. And Colby Community College Volleyball picked up a nice uh, win last night over Butler as they swept the Lady Grizzlies in straight sets to improve to 11-5 and on the season, 3-1 and in the KJCCC. So plenty more to get to here coming up uh, on the Morning Blitz, that's for sure, on a Tuesday show. We'll talk plenty of NFL today. Once again, if you want to get your thoughts and comments in, hit us up on the text line, uh, 785-899-2222. We'd love to hear from you throughout the program. But you couldn't have asked for a more weirder ball game to kick off Monday Night Football for the 2023 football season, could you have? I mean, you want to talk about just absolutely craziness. I mean, first and foremost, the the atmosphere looked electric 
because not only was it Aaron Rodgers' home debut, and really debut with the Jets, period, but it was 9-11 in the city that it happened in. And to see, you know, the great national anthem and, you know, to see the lights towering in the sky where the Twin Towers used to stand. I mean, it was such a cool, cool night. And it felt like it felt like one of those nights where, boy, I don't know if the Jets are going to lose this game because just of what's going on with, with, the, with the scene and the energy and being 9-11, it, just, it seemed like that. And four plays in to the Jets' offensive season. The season already is over, and you can see it on the faces of the head coach, see it on the faces of some of the players. Four games in, the season is over for the New York Jets. At least their chances of making a Super Bowl run because Aaron Rodgers is gone. Four plays in. Sacked in what looked like a typical tackle, trying to kind of escape a tackle by the Buffalo defender and popped his Achilles, and that's it. He's done for the year. And maybe done in his Jets career. I don't know. Everyone's talking like he might be done as a Jet. He might be retiring after this. Who knows? But it's amazing. Four plays in. And Aaron Rodgers is gone. <laughs> I mean, it's And then on top of that, to see that defense go out there and play amazing, just about as good as the Dallas defense this weekend. And... Keep it all, you know, keep the game close. Shut down Josh Allen. Get three interceptions out of Josh by the same exact guy uh, for the New York Jets defense in Whitehead, I think was his name. It was it was amazing. And then, to, and then the, you know, you have to go back to Zach Wilson, who you've had the last year or two. And Zach Wilson hasn't proven to be anything special, obviously, but he gets together enough good plays with the help of some great running of Brees Hall to... Give the give the Jets a chance to win it, and you know it, it, they end up having a couple field goals late. Tyler Bass gets a lucky one to go off the post and fall through, which me and my wife were watching the game. We couldn't believe that that went through. And then to see them walk it off with a punt return for touchdown by Xavier Gibson, a rookie, uh, it just you, you couldn't have scripted a more weirder ball game for Monday Night Football. It was just absolutely nuts, absolutely nuts to see that. I mean, it's. I just a few notes I was writing down as I was getting ready for the show, and it's just like you know, Rogers gets injured. How long is he gone? Is he ever back in a Jets uniform? I don't know. I don't know that. I don't know anything about that. You know, Rogers reworked his deal to try and have a really great year this year. That's done. And if you're the Jets, you gave up a ton of draft picks to get him and a ton of draft capital, and you got four snaps out of him. Boy, that's just gut wrenching and sickening. And I, I feel bad for, for Jets fans. I feel bad for the Jets and their fans. I kind of laugh uh, at at Mike Greenberg, who has been just absolutely loving up Aaron Rodgers and the Jets every single morning on Get Up for months now. And I kind of laugh at him and at in his despair. I'm not, I don't have anything against Mike Greenberg, but I kind of laugh at him about that because he's been so pro Jets and not really very. Pro NFL just been more about him, his team and how he feels, which, whatever. But I do feel bad for, really, the fans of the Jets. I mean, think about it. They haven't been to the playoffs in a dozen years. The biggest thing holding them back this year, no doubt, was a quarterback. The administration, the, the ownership goes out and gets a new quarterback. One of the best to play in recent years. 
Even though he might be a little bit on the older side, he still has shown ability to be fantastic. And he's, he's his and his season is done in four plays. I mean, if it was a high ankle sprain, fine. You're out for a few weeks, a month, able to come back more than likely. But you have a knee, an Achilles, anything like that, it's it's donezo for the year. And that is very, very hard. Okay, I, I just feel bad for the Jets fans. They're, they're a very loyal fan base. But, you know, they're, they're not going to... I don't think they're going to experience what they were thinking they were going to experience this year, and that's a chance to make a Super Bowl run. Just don't think so. Unless Zach Wilson puts it together underneath the tutelage of Aaron Rodgers. I don't know, is Aaron Rodgers going to hang around the franchise and help? Or is he just done? You know, is, he's going to he's gonna get this surgery and just be away from the team. I'll be intrigued. And then, because it would probably help if, if Aaron Rodgers would come and, and kind of help guide Zach Wilson a little bit. Because Zach looked okay last night. He made some nice throws. He, he had some typical Zach Wilson plays. He was under pressure a lot at times. That offensive line is not good. I mean, think about it. Aaron Rodgers got sacked on the fourth play. And, you know, the, 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 one of the big concerns going into this season was the Jets' offensive line, how good they could be. And they were okay. And But they end up leading to, you know, Rodgers getting sacked. I'm not blaming them totally on that. But, man, I just, what a... What a weird deal. But Zach Wilson looked okay. He has weapons, including one of the best pass catchers maybe in the NFL in Garrett Wilson, who made an amazing catch. You know, the ball was thrown too far out in front. He stuck his right hand out and tipped it away from the defender to himself and then made the catch. It was crazy to see that. And then once again to see Xavier Gibson, a, a free agent that was signed this offseason. You know, it wasn't dra- undrafted free agent. I think out of Southern Miss, out of a smaller college, not a Power Five, gets the punt, takes it back to the house for six to win it. And it's a great storyline for him. But, man, as as great as the win is for the Jets, as great as it is, it's a very sombering night because the Jets are, you know, they don't have Aaron Rodgers now. It's over. They're actually just showing right now on the TV like their t- chances to win the title is 18 to 1 with Rodgers. It's now gone to 35 to 1 to win a Super Bowl. The conference chances of winning the the AFC East have, you know, gone down doubly. It's it's amazing how much things have changed in a, in less than what, 12 hours roughly. But that's what happens when you have a very very key injury to a very key player. And here's the thing about this. And I was thinking about this as well and I was just trying to put a spin on this. The quarter the, the we all know it's an obvious answer, but the quarterback is the most important position in all of sports. You don't have a quarterback, you really don't have anything. You really don't. And not anymore. You might be able to get away with that back in the 90s, back in the 80s, when you know running backs might have been the big thing. You know, you wanted to run the football. That was the way you won games. Now it's all about passing. And even if you want to be a running team, it's you still got to have a pass. You still have to have a quarterback who can make some passes every now and then. And so the quarterback is the most important position on the field. And that's why I was thinking, you know, you look at some of the, the, the most successful teams. It doesn't matter. You can look at pro. You can look at high school. You can look at college. It doesn't matter. You can look at it all. If, they got, if you got yourself a quarterback, you have yourself a chance. You really do. I, 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 just, I go back to, you know, the, the regional teams we cover in college football. Kansas State has got Will Howard. That's a good quarterback. 
a guy that they have developed. He took his lumps early, but he's developed into a really solid quarterback. Jalen Wilson, a high, highly recruited quarterback that Les Miles pulled in, has now been developed and groomed by Andy Koltenecki and Lance Leipold. And now is the Big 12 Offensive Preseason Player of the Year and has looked the part through one game. Looked really great. Colorado won one game last year. Got rid of everybody. Brought in a whole new roster led by Shadir Sanders, a four-star quarterback who looks the part. Has vaulted up draft boards now being possibly a first-round pick this year if he wanted to go for Shadir Sanders. I mean, it's it's amazing. He's gone from being a, a, a you know a, a decent quarterback to now possibly being a Heisman, but and that's that's also helped. My point is not that he's improved that much, but my point is that it's helped make that team better. Look at Kansas, two and zero. Kansas State, two and zero. Colorado, two and zero. You want a prime example of a team that doesn't have a quarterback? That'd be Nebraska. They don't have a quarterback. Jeff Sims turns the ball over, not managing the offense very well. You're zero and two. You don't have a quarterback. You really don't have much. And so that's something to keep, you know, just another basic thought I had off of last night from watching Aaron Rodgers done. I mean, the Jets, no offense to Zach Wilson, I have nothing against him. But Jets fans and viewers of the Jets have seen this before. They know that that Zach Wilson is not Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers gives them a chance to be competing for a Super Bowl. Jet, or Zach Wilson gives them a chance to maybe 500. And that's if everything goes great. And it's really bad for Jets fans because they've got everything. The defense, Brees Hall, the former... Wichita Northwest running back looked amazing. It was, it was, it was all set up for the Jets, but it all came crashing down in in four plays. Amazing. All right, so we got about eight minutes before we get to the bottom of the hour, and we'll bring on Nick Birch to talk about the Denver Broncos and their loss to the Raiders in Week One. But I wanted to get some Week One thoughts on the NFL now that the whole week has concluded, starting back on Thursday with the Chiefs and the Lions, and and wrapping up, of course. Uh, last night with the Jets and the Bills. You know, week one thoughts. First and foremost on the Broncos. You know, they played well. Offensively, they played pretty well. But it was one of those games where neither team defense, like they bent, but they didn't break. But that allowed very long drives, if that makes sense. And so that resulted in the Broncos, like offense, only having six drives. You know, they, they didn't give up a ton of points. But... They didn't get off the field fast enough, and that limited the chances. And the Broncos' offense played well enough. The defense didn't get the stops it needed. And also on top of that, they needed to make field goals. Can't be missing extra points. And on top of that, you have to be able to, you know, kick a, you know, make other field goals when you get the chance to give yourself the team the lead. So the Broncos played decently well, especially offensively, defensively. Got to make some things, and special teams got to make some changes. For the Broncos. We'll see. I, the jury is still out on the Broncos. We'll get more thoughts on that once again with, with Nick Birch uh, here in a little bit. Continuing on week one thoughts, the NFL. Joe Burrow looked lost in their loss to the Bills. I mean, I, I don't think anybody could have predicted, not even Vegas, that the Buffalo, that the Cleveland Browns would have absolutely demolished the Cincinnati Bengals in week one, 24-3. But this is also a prime example of when you don't practice, it sometimes just doesn't look good. Now, Joe Burrow was under a ton of pressure, but Joe Burrow didn't practice a lot of the preseason. He was hurt with a calf strain. You know, same thing kind of for Kadarius Toney and the, and the 
Chiefs. You know, Tony, who had tons of drops in their loss to the Lions on Thursday night, guess what? He uh, he didn't practice. You know, he was injured. Didn't practice a whole lot throughout the preseason. Trying to shake that rust off takes time. It's just not somewhere you can step back in there and be good. you got to practice to make yourself good. Ready to do that. So, But, boy, tip of the cap to the Browns defense. They were very good. And Joe Burrow looked absolutely lost uh, in that loss there. Once again, that was a 24-3 win for the Browns. San Francisco, another thought here on NFL Week 1 thought. San Francisco looks like a team that's on a Super Bowl mission. Of course, we can all remember last year. They were playing in the NFC title game. Brock Purdy gets hurt. And just like last night for the Jets, the season kind of went down the tank. Because your backup and the other backups got hurt and Brock pretty couldn't throw, so they just had to run the ball. I mean, they had to pretty much suffer. They had to take the loss on the chin. Knowing they, knowing they were going to lose, barring just a complete meltdown by the Eagles, they were going to lose that game. But San Francisco looked like a team on a mission. Brock pretty looked really good. He looked to be at full strength. And the defense was dominant against the Steelers. The offense was dominant against the Steelers. They looked like a Super Bowl contending team. So San Francisco looked real. They were one of the top week one winners, I would say, out of week one. San Francisco was one of them. We'll get to some other ones as well that were week winners. But they were up there with the Cowboys as some of the teams that looked the best in just the first week. And, and on a side note, Steelers quarterback Kenny Pickett looked nothing like he did in the preseason. Remember, Kenny went 13 to 15 in the preseason, looked amazing. Everyone thought, man, Kenny Pickett might actually be something. Once again, he was playing San Francisco's defense, which is great. It's a complete team there in San Francisco, offensively, defensively. But yeah, that was uh, that was not good for Kenny Pickett. Not good at all. Looked nothing like he did in the preseason. We'll see if he bounces back here in the next in the next week or two. Baltimore Ravens, boy, you feel bad for them. The Ravens on Sunday beat the Houston, beat Houston twenty-five to nine, but they were ravaged by injuries. Lost some offensive linemen. Lost uh, K, or J.K. Dobbins, their top running back, due to season-ending injuries. That was rough to watch. If you're a Ravens fan, you felt bad for me. If you're not, even if you're not, I mean, three to four guys injured pretty badly if not ending their season, putting them on the shelf for some time. So that was another thing I took away. Boy, that was a tough week, tough Sunday for Ravens fans, that's for sure. Another thought on the NFL Week 1, or another Week 1 NFL thought. How about Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers? I don't think the Pack's done contending for the NFC North. I think people thought that. Aaron Rodgers left, but the Pack is not done. Give the Packers a lot of credit. They have a great franchise culture. And also give credit to the Packers because they don't take quarterbacks and throw them into the fire right away. They somehow, someway find a way to keep them working on their craft in the backdrop underneath good quarterbacks and watching the good ones do their job. By sitting back and watching great ones do their job, you learn things. And then you can go and apply it to your game when you get the chance. And Jordan Love's been sitting on the shelf for multiple years now. But he looked very solid, I thought, against the Bears. Now, once again, it's the Bears, and the Bears look like the Bears. Very good. But Jordan Love looked very solid. He looked good in the preseason, looked good there. There's going to be a much different test coming up in the season. We'll get more information on Jordan Love. It's just one week. But he looks solid enough to help lead this team to a respectable record and be contending still for the NFC North. That's a great sign for Packers fans. 
More thoughts on NFL Week One. How about the Chargers? They chargered themselves again. You know, there's you know there was that old cliche in college football. There still is. It's called Clemsoning. Used to be before Clemson won the national title, but there used to be a thing called Clemsoning. How they hurt themselves all the time. The Chargers are chargering themselves. They get leads. They might be the more talented team, but they can't win. Now, I'm not going to take it the way. The Dolphins are a talented team. Let's not forget that the Dolphins have got a lot of great pieces. They've got a solid quarterback in Tua who threw for over 440 yards. They have weapons on the outside in Waddle and Hill who are game changers. And they've got a pretty decent defense underneath Vic Fangio, former Broncos head coach. But the Chargers charged themselves again. Had a chance to win, couldn't get it done. It's amazing. How much talent is on the L.A. Chargers and how much they struggle to win. It is amazing to me. Staying in L.A., Sean McVay might have himself a really good team that we know nothing about. Remember, that was the storyline going into this season was that Matt Stafford, his, Matt Stafford's wife had made a comment on a podcast saying that how, well, Matt just really doesn't get along with any of his teammates because he's so much older than the rest of them. I mean, Matt Stafford's like in his mid to upper 30s. And then you've got this team that's like the youngest in the NFL besides him. And honestly, Sean McVay and that organization there with the LA Rams, they might have something they found. They might have a bunch of young guys that you've never heard of that might win a lot of games this year. They routed Seattle 30-13. to I mean, I was looking at some of the, the box score from this game, and you, know, you have Matthew Stafford. Here's the running backs. Cam Akers we've heard of. Kyron Williams. Uh, guy out of college, don't remember him. Uh, you know, I don't think he has much pro experience. Tutu Atwell, anybody know where he went to college? I do. He went to uh, Louisville. Puka Nakua, I don't even know how to say his name. Those two guys each had 119 yards receiving in the Rams' win. He came out of BYU, did Nakua. Like I said, there's a bunch of guys on this roster. Like I don't know these guys for the Rams, but they might be really good. It's a no-name team. That might be superiorly talented. That's that's amazing. Great coaching job by Sean McVay, at least in week one. And then the final thought here on week one NFL thoughts from me. Dallas's defense was dominant. You can throw the Jets in there as well. Two defenses that were absolutely dominant, but Dallas's was on another level. The Giants are not that bad of a football team. But the Cowboy defense just might be that good. They've got great pass rushers. Up, up in front, all four guys are phenomenal pass rushers. And you throw in Micah Parsons, who's an amazing playmaker. And, you know, Diggs on the outside in the secondary. They've got playmakers everywhere on that defense. And they looked it. The Giants are not a great team, but they're not as bad as the Cowboys made them look. That's because I think the Cowboys' defense is that dominant. And the Jets are not that far behind. Two very, very good defenses uh, in the Jets and the Cowboys. And if I'm not mistaken... And I could be. I'll, I'll double-check this right here. But I think those two teams meet next week. Yeah, they do. The New York Jets go to the Dallas Cowboys. That ought to be a heck of a defensive showing there. There might not be any points scored. <laughs> it might be a 2-3 three, a two to three, a three to two win for one team. It's nuts. But there you go. Some, some thoughts on the week one out of the NFL. Um, listener Michael texts in our text line, 785-899-2222, talk about the Broncos. He's a big Broncos fan. He says, uh, it was a rivalry game, the Broncos and the Raiders game. Both teams wanted it kind of figured out, wanted it kind of figured out to be that kind of game. Guarantee Broncos stomp the Commanders this Sunday. Go Broncos. Maybe so. Maybe so. 
Speaking of the Broncos, let's take a break. When we come back, Nick Birch, our friend from MileHighReport.com, is going to join us. We'll visit about the Denver Broncos and what to expect uh, after week one and expecting into the first couple weeks of the season that's next here on the Morning Blitz.